Okay. Okay. Got it. 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 All right. All right. Cool. 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 Yep. All right. All right. And welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to get lost with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts, but we're not going to be critics, we're not going to throw some number at you at the end of the movie. We're just going to ask that simple question we always ask, so did you like it? I am Sir Square and joined as always with my co-host. This is Jesus, but y'all can call me Kaz today. We're also joined by a special guest. He's a special guest that's always here, and yet we don't let him talk much. But you can this time. But you can, yeah. We'll let you. We'll let you out of the basement this time. <gasps> it's me, Jake Nash. It, it was my birthday episode. Yeah. Yay! Happy birthday, Nan. Everyone, fill in the comments to whatever you're watching this, watching, listening to this on, and say happy birthday. Yay! Can you comment on a podcast? I had no idea. Who cares? Look, go. Rate it five or four and a half stars and say happy birthday instead of an actual rating. And to celebrate, to celebrate the festivities, we checked out the film Real Genius, a science fiction comedy from 1985, directed by Martha Coolidge, uh, written by, uh, it's a story by Neil Israel and Pat Proft, starring Val Kilmer in the, feels like the heyday of his career. But this is a story of two geniuses, one super young, one who has gotten used to the idea of what it's like to deal with the social pressures of being a genius in the academic setting, um, as they both have to work together on a laser-based project for their very predatory uh, professor, who is secretly in league with the government. And I had never seen this movie before. Uh, I'm not very well versed in like 80s films. It's not a it's not a decade I've usually watched or listened to a lot of the music from. Oh, we'll change that. Uh, but shit, I I've got to admit I love Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is so charismatic he's, in this movie. He's great. He is the moment he enters the frame. It is his film. There is like there's other people in it, and there's a lot of great jokes and a lot of great moments, but this is Val Kilmer's movie. Like I feel like Val Kilmer walked so that Van Wilder could run. <laughs> he made the way for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds couldn't be a person if it wasn't for Val Kilmer. It's true. It had nothing to do with his <laughs> conception, but in a way, nothing whatsoever. Kind of did. <laughs> See what nobody knows is that they Amanda Wallard. <laughs> Oh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> does that? Well, uh, never mind. I was gonna say, wait, does that make Val Kilmer Batman? Oh wait, Val Kilmer is Batman. <laughs> it's be like, what are you, what are you asking here? Uh, and of course, this movie came out uh, right before Top Gun. Yeah, he's like he did this movie, and then the next movie he was in Top Gun. He's such a young little boy in this one. He is. It's. It's that just baby face Kilmer right there. 
God, he's got that shit-eating grin that's just so hot. And I'm like, wow, why can't I be like that? I can't wait for this whole hour of just squared and gushing over Val Kilmer. <laughs> I mean, it might be what it is. Like, that's the that's okay. There's other things we're gonna have to talk about about this movie that I have some questions oh, about. Oh yeah, is there? No, I thought it's just a fine then, little '80s romp that has no problematic elements to it, like every other '80s movie. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh, okay, I I can't fine. wait for us to use the excuse. They, uh, they, it was a different era. They lasered through a tree, so it's not exactly environmentally conscious. Okay, they're no. making a death ray for the government that's meant to kill uh, foreign uh, or maybe domestic uh, problems yeah. you know, without the rest of the world knowing about it. Okay. And maybe they put a guy's car inside of his dorm. What's the problem here? Look, it was the 80s. War games was a thing. Police. <laughs> oh that other thing yeah that's fucked up yeah no yeah i'm over here like man <laughs> you've got to say something here like you've got to back me up like this was the movie okay. you chose yeah well so i i had mentioned um well okay yeah you said you hadn't seen this movie me and nan grew up with this like we just it just was on comedy central when we were kids all the time so it was just like yeah we just we just saw it uh and yeah as a kid i don't have any context everyone in this movie is older than me when i was a kid and i saw it so it's like oh yeah it's just ah, it's a bunch of older people and we saw this movie and they we meet mitch our basically our main character uh, and he, they talk about what a child genius is. Oh, he's 15 years old, and he's so smart, he's going into this college program. The you most know. original ideas in lasers <laughs> since the laser pointer. I don't know. And that's high praise, too. Uh, but yeah, and, and so at the moment they say that, something sparked in my brain, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's 15 going into college. Yeah, that's not going to be problematic or come up a, as an issue whatsoever later on at all. A bit of foreshadowing. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But, yeah, no, watching this when I was younger, I was thinking, wee baby Jicknan, he wants to be like him. He's so cool. He gets he gets everything. He, he goes through some hardships and trials, and then in the end, he gets it all. Now watching it, I'm like, Okay, I have some problems here. Oh, as a kid, I wanted to be like Bill Kilmer. Like, can we actually work backwards a little bit and talk about the ending to this movie? Popcorn, love it. Love popcorn. Yeah, great idea. Don't get me wrong. You know, the main, uh, the real villain was not only the government, but you know, predatory teaching, where they steal your ideas and take credit for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that um, guy was the pencil dick guy from uh, Ghostbusters. What? Yep. Nothing. Never mind. What happens after this? Like, because they did bring a congressman to see the laser show, and then, like, I think, like, a cop or something. I don't even remember. Like, there was, like, a congressman that came and watched the demonstration. Right. But what, what happens to these two after they did what they... Because this wasn't a situation of just, like... Oops, we blew up our teacher's house and made it full of popcorn oh, using our gaff. smarts. And no, they broke into the Air Force's computer systems to retarget an experimental confidential space laser to hit a civilian's home. Yep. Um, now that that's come to light, uh, I can imagine... Well, uh, the Congress is going to have some questions. Um, it'll 
get up to the chain of command, they're going to need a scapegoat. And, um, yeah, once that person takes the fall, everything will be nice hunky-dory. Just like so the government. So Mitch is in prison after so, this movie. <laughs> expulsions for all, arrests Ex- for some. <laughs> Uh, and Life tiny miniature flags and- for that that governor's or congressman's campaign. Uh, Mitch so- and Chris were both arrested and then disappeared in prison with no one knowing that they were actually pressed into service into a black ops military science project. They've also fundamentally proved that the accuracy and targeting on that laser is phenomenal. They just changed the target. But it works incredibly well, it seems. Yep. And I yep, don't think that, that they, wasn't the problem. They sabotaged the laser's targeting, but they didn't sabotage the laser itself. Oh thus, no, they did. It blew up. Oh, it did. It did blow up. You're right, because it was an unmanned drone, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, they couldn't have. Anyways, but you want to hear the really unsatisfying answer? The actual, real unsatisfying <laughs> answer. I'd love to hear it. It's the 80s. Everyone's going to be fine. <laughs> I want to slap something so badly right now uh, with an answer like that. Yeah. Oh, it was the 80s. It was a different time. You know, we, we could reprogram space lasers and still make it home for dinner. They, that was normal. They played Everyone Wants to Kill the World, a tragic sounding song, but incredibly upbeat. Uh, and everyone with smiles, the dog... Everybody the... wants to kill the... It's everybody wants to rule the world. What type of song are you listening to? I hear no difference in what we said. Kids got popcorn, and he didn't kick the dog away, so I gotta imagine he's a broken man. Everyone, that's a good ending for everyone. And the lady he was sticking it to, I think, made it out because he did tell her to get a cab. And by then, it was like a whole other day. So I'm assuming she's alive. I'm never see her leave. <laughs> Anyways, uh, asphyxiation uh, um, from popcorn. I, yeah. uh, okay, now we have a potential dead student involved in this case. That's great. That's great. That's oh, awesome. The government's gonna love this. She was just yeah. the, one of the other military guys' She's daughter. Like, yeah, the daughter to like one of the generals or something. Which is not a problem whatsoever, mm-hmm. right? Just it's not like you, yeah, yeah, kill potentially murder a <laughs> uh, high-ranking official's daughter. That's, 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 uh, it was the eighty. <laughs> Bitch, this is so. the United States. That's called a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What are we talking about here? We're not gonna sugarcoat anything. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this movie's pretty out some dark things. So, yeah, the implications sure as hell are dark. So, what's gonna happen to uh, well, Jerry after this movie? Funding has been cut. He was also, I think they implied he was embezzling the money. Yeah, that was get, mm-hmm. you know uh, that was afforded to him. So, not only is his plan a failure, thus the embezzlement will come out. He has no home. Everything that he's worked on has now been essentially deemed a failure. Uh, It'll also be proven that all of his ideas were stolen from his students. That's also true. Which isn't a thing. Which isn't like an unknown thing in the scientific community. It's just this guy actually got caught. Oh, he's gonna get caught super fucking hard on everything. (laughs) I know, and I mean, it's gonna come out that he did build a space laser. So, what's the military gonna do with him? All of this is essentially amounts to to uh, white collar crime, though. So I'm sure he'll be fine. Ah, yeah. 
Oh yeah, because... white collar crime when it's just all pretty and done up nice. Yeah, basically. I mean, that just means that they're like, oh, they'll they'll put him in like a fucking Martha Stewart jail. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the Martha Stewart jail. Yeah, what are you in for? Oh, she was inside trading and who oh, I invented a death laser, just stole from my students embezzled money and uh Rat it out, my colleagues. They'll be like, whoa, whoa. All right, because not even Martha hears a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, Snoop Dogg would not be her friend. Snoop Dogg would not be her friend. Well, I mean, let's be real. All those motherfuckers would probably snitch on someone in their yeah. life. They were doing all the like dangerous things they said they were doing. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Allegedly, there you go. Allegedly, this podcast would like to state, uh, on behalf of uh, the the host, allegedly, allegedly. I need you to put that in the description when y'all post this. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker, you're on it, right? Uh, There's so something we... about like this type of story, though, that I feel like was popular for a little bit, where it's just like, oh wow, kid gets in a situation that only adults can be in. What a zany concept. Like, it reminded me of those, like, like I, I, when I was a kid, a book I had to read for, like, a English class in elementary school was about a kid who somehow was voted into being president of the United States. And, like, as I was watching this movie, all I could remember for a little bit was that book and the, like, ridiculousness of the situation. And, like, it's, it's not an uncommon trope that we've seen before. You know? Yeah. War Games. There's this one. You just had to get another War movie? Games reference in there, didn't you? Movie toys that we saw. Well, I mean, it is one of the like uh, more obvious ones. But if you're if you're going to be that way, then I guess Warriors of Virtue. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a, Home Alone? Home Alone. I wouldn't say he's stopping like, you know, like a big major threat that like only a kid could or only, you know, the kid's the only one who can solve. It's still pretty impressive what this kid solves. Yeah, I guess. Like, I'm asking you right now, Kaz, do not bullshit me right now. You are in the same situation as Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. What do you do? What do you do? I'm a grown ass man. If they're like, no, you're and trying dead to, like, in this situation. Door. No, you're not a grown ass man. Fuck so you. Bobby Cars versus the Wet Bandits. Go. I don't know. That that kid's a dumb bitch. I don't <laughs> think he can do make all those traps. <laughs> like I could sprinkle marbles and jacks on the floor. That is a thing that I think I had available at the time. <laughs> I, I would have done that. Yes, yes, uh, I can agree with that. I, I all I can think of is things people could trip on. We had micro machines. Uh, what else did he do? Oh, he threw some shit from on high. Listen, I only live on a one story. Like case in point. All the, right. The moment they're in, I got nothing to do with that. <laughs> I don't know. We could probably fake them out with the Batman mask. I'm hiding in the attic or under the bed. <laughs> Remember, our dad had the entire cowl of, of Batman. Yeah, that's true. This little, like, fucking three-foot-nothing little Batman's gonna be like, <laughs> Get out of here, crime! <laughs> You're right. Little baby guys, get out of here, I'm Batman. <laughs> no, I would have been four, so I still would have been like, Get out of here, you can't scare me, I'm Batman! <laughs> <laughs> 
I sounded like Toad as a child. I was about to say, like, that's a, that's a very interesting way for a child to speak. Oh, well, baby Nan's crying in the corners. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. In in my 10-year-old version of myself, do I have a Jake Nan here? <laughs> oh, you're saying if you were home alone. Okay. Was, no, you have a Jake no, Nan, you have a Jake crying Nan in the corner. She doesn't want to do anything. Perfect, a distraction. <laughs> well, I'm on the other I'm... side of town. Sleeping peacefully. What are you? What are you fucking doing, Square and McAllister? I didn't say. I didn't question anything. All right. I'm. I'm. The, I'm doing nothing. I'm doing. Look. I'm a straight. I'm here with you. A ten year old me hears like a noise going off downstairs and wakes up in the middle of the night. My two options would have been bolt for the window that leads to the ceiling because we were kids dumb enough to get on the ceiling of our house, or just try to stay asleep and pretend I didn't hear anything. Oh, there might be spiders in the attic, so I would go under the bed. Never mind. Could be spiders under the bed. I don't, I, I don't think you... Were you traumatized back then, or was it early? Yes, it happened very young. <laughs> okay. I was wondering if uh, when it happened. I'm like, hmm. Um, luckily, there's no... Actually, there is Home Alone-like shenanigans in this movie. There is Home Alone. So as I said, we move a whole, man's whole fucking car from the outside into uh, into his dorm. Okay. To be fair, that's an actual Caltech prank. A guy who, let's see, I believe it had something to do with booze and leaving like the cheap shit out for his roommates. Uh, he then parked his Porsche, you know, in the student park, or at least a little too close to the, the building. They went ahead, took it apart piece by piece, put it in his room, built it together piece by piece, and then just let the hilarity ensue. And, they, and and movies, especially in the 80s, always made you think, oh, yeah, you, you, what are the nerds going to do about it? No, the nerds are fucked up. <laughs> they had this man, they not only took his car, they made him believe that Jesus was talking to him or he was having a mental uh, a conniption, almost got him killed with a laser and popcorn, <laughs> and made him stop masturbating <laughs> I thought I was with the threat of holy smite, I guess? I don't know. Look. Sometimes you have bullies, okay? You're going to go through life where someone doesn't appreciate your existence for some reason. They can't take that you're happy or doing well in life. So they're going to be mean. They're going to be rude. Yeah, they're going to do stuff like post a conversation you had with your parents because you're only 15 and scared and alone in a place where no one's there to help you and you have to deal with your own mom telling you that no you have to be a big boy because they don't want to pick you up because they don't want you back at home they want their little genius to stay in college away from them so what do you do what do you do all right you you kidnap your bully you shove an experimental speaker tooth inside of his mouth which means you removed one of his teeth out of his mouth. I don't care. No, they put it in his braces. Uh, yeah, they think they attached it to his braces. They said it was braces with like an antenna. Yeah, and a bunch of students that have en- that do not take dentistry totally did not fuck this up at all. They well, know how to deal with braces. By, you know, by nature of... <laughs> you know braces that have to be have... <laughs> uh, surgically put on at the they time? They his car out and brought it inside. I think they know a little bit about using, you know, wires and little, small little mechanics. Besides, we don't know what else that 
crazy chick was into. Also, by nature of them being braces, even if they did fuck up his teeth, it won't come out until the braces come off. That's true. So at least that thing's in there for a That's bit. That's even great, better news to have, too. So. Yeah, he's got a dead tooth just attached to his fucking jaw. Well, you just keep saying, I'm Jesus, stop masturbating, I'm watching. <laughs> Next, he's going to start getting, like, satellite radio and other government radio secrets going on in that's his head. true that shit happened to lucy lou she intercepted i think like a japanese transmission or at least according lucille to her ball sorry yeah Lu- lucille ball not lucy lou uh <laughs> lucille ball she she uh intercepted uh like a japanese transmission supposedly and i don't know apparent supposedly like once again allegedly i'm gonna throw that out for the podcast uh i think she's uh you know prevented some kind of incident from happening <laughs> which is totally bullshit and it's so made up but apparently it's down as an urban legend yeah what i've and never Lucille heard Ball. this he, what oh look it up man uh <laughs> Actually, I'll look it up. Y'all keep vamping. So, but I will say this. I do love the casual, the, like, the absolute casual conversation of him just being like, yeah, so, uh, uh, you know, I was talking to my dad. You know, God. <laughs> like, as he's voicing Jesus. You know, good old Pops. He's, he's coming up with crazy stuff. You know, I, I, I quit asking why. You know, just, just, just go with it. <laughs> look, I get it. I get what y'all were saying, by the way. Yeah, it's, uh, of course, these uh, Caltech students, which in the movie they go to Pacific Tech, which obviously is just a play on Caltech. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's impressive. They take a car apart and they put it back together in the room. That's one thing. We're talking about dentistry here, though. We're talking about surgery. We're talking about having the metal to perform something that could cause immense pain on someone if you mess this up because we're talking about old style braces here we're not talking about today's modern take where you've got a lot of machines that are helping you out and everything this was that like there's a reason why people were afraid of the dentist situation back uh, he looked like he had the kind of the braces I had, which back when I had braces, uh, they didn't use any machines. I don't know if they do to use machines now. I oh, yeah, there's, that. like, now but new the, ways where they can make, like, perfectly custom braces. The, to the like, guy had to go in there, glue the caps on the corners of the mouth, and then he had to one-by-one one glue all the little things and put the wire and tighten it mm-hmm. by hand. So, yeah, I, I guess I had it old school. Yeah, which, which now makes me feel If old. that's the case, and they just did that on a whim after reading a book about it, Kudos to them, but that is one of those things where it's like, huh, that's another, that's, all right. we're going to have to talk about that when we're all going to trial. To be fair. You cannot try is... to tell me something about being fair with this one. Okay. Uh, but let me pose this. That, I guess, obsessive compulsive girl, she learned quite a few things. There's a rebreathing machine she came up with. She's sanding her floors. She's took up knitting somehow. I don't think sanding your floors. Okay, I thought I just wanted to add that for clarity. I was really hoping Nan was like, to be fair, it, it was, was the eighties. <laughs> Everyone just did everything. It was All right. fine. All right, 
So listen to this. So in 1974, Lucille Ball told TV host Dick Cavett that during World War II, she picked up a radio broadcast through her dental fillings as she was driving home from MGM Studios through Coldwater Canyon. The phenomena subsided as she continued driving. When it happened again a week later, she told MGM security because the signal seemed to be Morse code. She stated the, the FBI located the source of the signal, an underground Japanese radio station. There's more to elaborate on that, but I thought that's all you need to hear. Lucille, you were already yeah, the big ass antenna, huh? Already one of like the the best, the greatest. Where did this come from, Lucille? <laughs> Lucille, where did this come from? She she saved us from a further incident before. And during also, World she War said II. underground Japanese radio. <laughs> what does that mean exactly? Like, was it just an underground radio of Japanese music being played at the time? Or was it an underground radio of Japanese Americans trying to flee from persecution because of what was going on during World War II? Was a Japanese radio of just somehow like there was an actual underground group of Japanese spies that were in the United States? Except the only spies that were actually convicted in World War II for working for the Japanese were white guys. So I don't know why they'd be running a Japanese radio. (laughs) I'm going to go with option one because the idea that they were jamming out to Morse code seems awesome. (laughs) Sounds so dope. (laughs) Imagining having to not only have your music, but belting out your your, your lyrics in Morse code. Though I do have to ask, it's a very interesting thing. Like, have you guys ever dealt with, like... uh, Connection. No, I've never mm. fucked with radios or picked up like a ham radio and tried to catch other signals or anything like that. I've only got one story about cross connection, and it's not like a very impressive story. There was just one time where like I was calling my fiance um, to like tell them something, and their phone went to voicemail, but I actually got someone else's voicemail for a second. Oh. Just like some random woman, just like. Never heard this voice before in my life saying leave a na- or leave a message at the beep. And then like my phone fritzed for a second and then went to the proper voicemail. Oh, dude, you almost got outside the boundaries of the world. You almost <laughs> yeah, I almost broke matrix. through the matrix, shit. guys. Oh, dude. Oh, shit. Damn. What could have been? Anyways, been? now you're here doing a podcast about an, an 80s movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> so my life is just as good as if I just broken out of the matrix. <laughs> really? <laughs> Really, it's win-win. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, back to the meat and potatoes. What can you tell me about Val Kilmer? What can I tell you about Val Kilmer? Like, yeah, the actor no, Val Kilmer this movie. or the character he plays? The character. Um, I, Chris Knight? I do like Chris's character. I like the yeah. concept of Chris and, like, how he went from Mitch, like, you know, this awkward kid who realized his talents young in life and then instead of breaking to pressure like he'd saw with laszlo um this guy that just keeps going into their closet and disappearing he, he just realizes like he's like no i'm not gonna do what everybody wants me to do because my genius isn't something i owe to the entire world and like i can just be me and, like, just do what I want to yeah, do. Yeah, and also, he didn't want to just burn himself out on menial work and then, you know, a- oops, accidentally make a weapon, which he did. But, you know, didn't burn out. <laughs> oops, all space lasers. Uh, it happens, you know? But I like oh. I like how he was introduced. Uh, his, like, quirkiness is very easily shown just by showing up with his, 
little space alien antenna ears he had going yeah, actually, on. His introduction is really well done, I think, because like when they say like, "Oh yeah, he's actually a genius," and like you know, Mitch is like, "Oh, I don't really believe it." They pepper in things in there in, in, here and there it, through even through his wackiness to show like he is smart. It's all to serve like slacker beans. Like getting liquid nitrogen and just cutting it, cutting through it, so he could get uh, soda or something. Uh, but like, he he's intellectually curious about some of the things happening on. Like when, uh, oh man, what was that other guy's name who froze the floors? Ick, 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 when Ick which uh, uh, that's a name. Uh, when uh, Ick freezes the floors and all that, like he knows enough to be asking, like, how long is this thing gonna last? And like, okay, what are we doing? And oh, it's you know, it's self cleaning and all that stuff. Like, he's involved with these things happening. Yeah, you know, the eighties. Where it was totally fine to have a character named Ikagami and just name him Ik. His full name is, or he—I should say—he has a full name. His real it's name is Ikagami, and no. his nickname is uh, Ik. You know, I'm gonna, uh, uh, no one gets to pick their nicknames. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> how do you think I ended up with Jake Nan? I, I picked Kaz, actually. I, honestly, I thought you guys picked your nicknames. <laughs> um, but, uh, I feel like it's one of those things like movies back then everyone had to have a character that had a nickname and it did usually fall on like the Asian coded characters. So. It's like it was always the minority, right? It was always yeah, that it really right. was. So <laughs> uh, who wants to go to the next oof? Speaking of Lazlo. Oh my god. He does so he does, he does, you know, despite the fact that they say, oh, yeah, he's burnt out, which, honestly, he's still a genius. He's just, or he's still well, smart. Well, it's not even that he's burnt out. It's just he lost all semblance of, of like, self-worth, almost, That's it seems. That's true. He is a, he like, is a hermit that just kind of lives in someone's closet. All because... he does is solve problems. It's just there's no end to solving problems. So it's not until the very end of the film where you find out, not only has he been solving problems, but to a degree, he has understood what Chris has done in his life and mm. wants that for himself. So that's why he rigs uh, a sweepstakes with mathematics so he can win. That's well, I don't know if that's how you would I would use the word rig. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, honestly, they gave that's the they gave the rules. He won. Said, enter, enter as many times as you like. No purchase necessary. He won a blind sweepstakes contest using mathematics super one like i don't care what you're trying to tell me no matter what that's rigging the game to your favor and that's totally fine he had the mathematical knowledge to do it people who can do that in vegas i don't really care when they steal money from vegas he even gets he gets like an rv he get and a stocked fully loaded rv with all those other winnings and he's gonna gonna get hitched to this nice lady who, who uh, was that Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, gee, who where we, is she? Where else have we seen this nice lady? She was introduced. She was they, there when Chris was introduced. Who they proclaim? Yep, they proclaim that them two are in love, and this was uh, something that was just you know bound to happen. No, okay, right? you can't just show up in a film once to introduce Val Kilmer's character, show well, up a second up time again. to kiss a fifteen-year-old, and then show up at the very end like. I'm going to marry this super rich nerd now. 
This lady who we none of us remembered seeing at the beginning when she was with Val Kilmer. None of us remembered her. We see her again in a scene later when uh, Mitch, Mitch, is, uh... go. You know, he's leaving this party. He got like real. Uh, he he got in a lot of trouble because they thought he was slacking, and he was. You know, uh, Chris was giving him a break. Uh, I think this was after that when they were like seriously studying and stuff, and then oh, Laszlo yeah. gives. Chris the answers to his final. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mitch decides to take off, go to bed. There you go. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, I saw this movie a shitload of times. And in his, in his dorm is this lady who we don't know. We've never met. She seems, uh, like she's about college age or maybe a little after. And she's laying it on Mitch real hard. Always wanted to be with a genius, and she's been wait. She said, "I've been waiting for you for years," and I know she means uh, waiting for a genius. She doesn't seem to care. She's just waiting for the right smart guy to come along, I guess. <laughs> but well, here's the thing: he's... what if someone actually explain? What if she's been looking for Laszlo, and someone just explained that like Laszlo was an awkward genius that could be found in this room every now and again? And she just assumed this, like, lanky 15-year-old awkward kid is like, this has to be him. I guess that would chalk up her actions to a whoopsie doodle, but it's still like, this is a 15-year-old Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? Because, like, yes, she killed, she kissed a 15-year-old. That's already a problem. But then the 15-year-old left and probably cleared up the situation with her explaining who he was because you don't see her, like, running after him or everything. Like, she vanishes right after that. It's what happens afterward where a 19-year-old then goes to have sex with that 15-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... Well, it's implied, but yeah. it's, it's There's a lot of, like, uh, will they, won't they, all that stuff. And she's like, oh, I really like you. And she's like, I really like you, too. And I'm like, ma'am, that is a minor. That is a minor. Just like, yeah, I, there was a woman waiting in my room, and she kissed me, and it seemed like she wanted to do adult stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just like, but I didn't, because I wanted to do that adult stuff with you. It's like, you even sound like a 15-year-old. What is going on right Man, here? He's calling it adult stuff instead think- of what adults say and go kissy-kissy time. <laughs> so <laughs> he's not calling it sexy times like grown and mature adults do. So, ma'am, <laughs> drop him. Sexy kissy times. Yeah, what do you, I don't know. What do you call it? <laughs> Go on, chair. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know about this lady. Wait. But I guess as long as he has the winnings and his smart brain, I guess she she's down. She's down the clown. And then, yeah, I don't know about, uh, yeah, that, that neurotic chick is weird. I, I guess that's cool, but. I don't I don't know about this relationship. <laughs> that was back in, you know, the nerd movies where the neurotic chick was supposed to be like cute and hot and sometimes I mean they still do that. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying I don't know about this relationship. I was talking to my dad <laughs> yeah. about this movie today, um and made that comment that like this is a movie that wouldn't be made today because of this situation and like this this storyline. My dad responds with, well, you have to understand, it was a different time period. I was like, wait, what? See, he he came in half-cocked with that. He was expecting us to throw that fucking (laughs) excuse around. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just the call was coming from within the house I'm, square. I'm over here just like wait in my because like I didn't want to question him and like cause a fight with like family members, but in my I'm like. <laughs> How is this? How does wait? It's a different time by the eighties. You guys hadn't realized that it wasn't okay yet. Look, they hadn't even invented the word statutory back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should not have been drinking during that moment. My, my, my excuse uh, that I said at the onset was I was a child, so to me they were all just older. I didn't. There was not really nothing to question in my brain at that point. Same. And, and so now watching it, I'm like, Hubo! <laughs> this is oh, weird. Man. The end of the film, too, where you see them, like, triumphant over what they had done. And, like, you, they have them posed like they're, like, all adults, like, about to have a lifelong friendship after what they did. But you can still see that, like, this is a 15-year-old in a full-on mm-hmm. relationship with a 19-year-old. And everyone's just looking at this, like... Yeah, man. Everything's okay. We did great today. We did good things today. No laws were broken. We were just good, smart geniuses. Just expecting Chris to just be like, are you going to get popcorn like the rest of the kids to Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> you got to wonder like, how many people just came by like the professor's house after they heard what happened with bags and were just like, oh shit, free popcorn! Yeah, there's no glass or wood chips in any of that. That's fine. Kids. Yeah, that's Take whatever. it home. Puts pear in your chest. It was a different time, okay? This is what people actually cared about being like <laughs> men and, you know, being strong. And it's okay if you eat fiberglass and wood chips. Yeah. Kids had strong jaws. They put razor blades in the candy so these kids could you do know, glass. My immune system is only so strong because I ate glass and drank out of the hose on the side of my house. <laughs> <laughs> You drink out of the hose, you man. <laughs> you know how it is. You know, I got to be big and strong. I got to uh, inoculate myself with all of the terrible diseases. I'm going to I'm gonna date this podcast by mentioning the beginning of the end of the world, but it's been hot here in Texas. Oh. Very hot. And for the first time in my life driving home, I saw a bunch, I saw someone pop a hydrant and a bunch of kids were just like, you know. They were. They knew it was gonna happen. They were all wearing like swim clothes, and they're just all around this hydrant as it's just like shooting all this water. And I was like, I have never seen that in real life until. That's amazing. Now. That's awesome. That's so <laughs> awesome. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry to. I guess Davis was simply like that. We're at that part of the cyclical calendar where, like, you know, the world's heating up. We're all about to just kind of end. It's going to be a great time. We're going to watch some more movies till then. Yeah, if you're listening to this in 2043 and you're the last remnants, uh, why did you pick this podcast? Yes, Let us know in the comments after you say happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Why this one? Oh, man, that'd be something great to be remembered by. (laughs) It's the end of the world as we know it. I don't feel so good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? I feel fine. Oh, fuck that! That's too hot. <laughs> I'd like to die a little colder. Well, I guess we all do. Anyways, uh, <laughs> are we gonna talk about Kent? Ah, uh, yes, the tool, the smart tool. I don't know. Yeah, he's a smart enough guy. Is it weird that Kent reminded me? It's just like, so this is what would look like. This was what it would look like if when Johnny like grew up rich in 
uh, Karate Kid. Like, what if Johnny didn't ruin his life after the Karate Kid tournament and just was like, I got my ass kicked. Now I'm just going to be good at physics to get my ass kicked in that. Like, this, he looked like the college version of that character. Was that Billy Zabka? It's not Billy Zabka. It's uh, some guy named uh, Robert Prescott. Oh. And... No, I, I meant in Karate Kid. It was oh, yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, because here's the problem with that. He already had perfect teeth and perfect hair, <laughs> so we can't grow up to be this guy. That's uh, right, because <laughs> Johnny wouldn't have braces. Never, never. He would merely Johnny kick would... the teeth back into place. <laughs> he would kick his own teeth back into place. <laughs> Silly me. It's the '80s. It's a different time period. We can all do that back then. <laughs> We were all really into Chuck Norris, so we just wrapped those kicked our I teeth. I guess by the place. end, maybe Daniel kicked some teeth out of place, so maybe he would have braces. <laughs> oh, that's right. With that crane kick, he definitely kicked him in the jaw. Mm-hmm. Nah, he seemed fine, because at the end of the movie, when like he gives the trophy to Daniel, he's just like, You're all right, kid. Like, you're all right, Daniel. It's just like, fuck you. You almost like crippled me for like a county, like youth like karate tournament when you're when you're younger your world is so small that could seem like a biggest event of your life when you're a child growing up yeah he'll be like was it fucking worth it (laughs) was sweeping the leg worth it johnny was it (laughs) love how we i i I bring up the question of kent and somehow we're still on a different movie (laughs) yeah so Oh, Cat is a bit of a tool. He's just a regular guy. Like, you know, he's smart, but it's like he has to study and work hard like the rest of us. He's not naturally gifted, I think, like our two main characters. Four main characters. Only four. Yeah, that's right. There really is only four. Does Ick count as a main character? No, he just has a cool So there's only three main characters. (laughs) We have the guy in the closet. Does Laszlo count as a main character? Uh, all right, listen, we're stretching what it means main character. Point is, is that... he's not a naturally gifted genius. He has to, he has to actually Wait, study did, and work did you hard. Did even and... recognize uh, Laszlo as well? No. I didn't recognize him for a little bit, and then for a while, like, it ran out. It came to me that, like, he looked familiar. So I'm looking at his IMDb now. I mean, he does, but it's because he looks like that guy from the movie Real Genius I used to watch. Uh, no, he's Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I've seen uh, Napoleon Dynamite once, and I was half paying attention. Oh my gosh, wow, he was in the Taken series. Okay, what's his? who's he playing in the Taken series? This guy has got, his name is Casey in Taken? The Taken series? Like, this is this one guy named Casey? I'm surprised he even had a name. And I he's in all three like, of them know, named like... Casey, so apparently this oh. guy... I want him to be Liam Neeson's guy in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, the guy in the chair. <laughs> Laszlo grew up and be like uh, the guy in the chair for our... Uh, for Taken? Yeah. Oh, Cannon now? Sweet. It was an astronaut farmer, too. You see, you asked if we recognize him, and you're listing nothing but movies I've <laughs> never fucking seen. You, I, I was very surprised that you hadn't seen Napoleon Dynamite, just because, like, uh, I know you and I once. aren't in, like, aren't the same age, but, like, it we were still, like, there during the time when Napoleon Dynamite got popular, yeah, only because no, the main I, reason was... 
only reason Napoleon Dynamite actually worked was because it was a comedy film kids were allowed to see because isn't it a Mormon film? I guess, probably. I, I just look. I, you're right because everyone around me was super into it. I didn't care. And then uh, I was at a cousin's house and they were showing it and I was kind of half watching. So that's about it. <laughs> I'm sure it's a fine movie. Eh, if we it's, watch it now, it probably sucks. No, I don't think this movie... Like, I've seen it recently. Like, it uh, it does actually hold up still in the sense of, like, what it was. But I don't know if you would be able to watch it now and just be like, yeah, no, this is great. It's... Oh, it's it's just everyone who grew up with it is like, yeah, oh, the nostalgia hit. I love it. Oh, and then this part, woo, and then... Without hey, the man, nostalgia, it's a song that... It's like... a movie that successfully uses a Jamiroquai song, so I'm pretty pretty proud of it. Okay. I love I love it when it's like, yeah, it stands on its own with, like, a shitload of caveats. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mark of a truly excellent movie. Speaking of caveats to an otherwise good movie, back to real genius. Yeah, Nan, I, I don't know what happened. You picked a movie that got us all over the place. I know. I just realized we're talking about a lot of other things aside from the movie. Well, what it is but is just like a movie it's like a kind of this. basic story. Yeah, a movie like this fits in with a lot of movies that we've all seen before. It's a good movie. It's a fun yeah. movie, and like it's got a great cast. We're just having a lot of fun, you know, talking about the eighties and how it was a different time. <laughs> a fifteen-year-old could totally date a nineteen-year-old. That was normal. You understand? You weren't there. You it weren't was there. Fine. You could hack into like government buildings uh, and over. Right, space lasers and there truly was something fucked up going on like in the 80s because there are so many instances of people saying like it was a different time sure we bullied these teenage you know (laughs) kids because you know it was funny it was a part of a joke it was jokes it's all good even that carried into the 90s where i'm like yeah some of the behavior that was normalized around me was not okay yeah it wasn't (laughs) and this movie kind of does shit like it's a good again i will always say that like i'll start this with like it was a good movie but yeah man like the 80s have like some it, it's like people from the 80s don't want to answer to the things they did in the 80s and want to <laughs> use that excuse of it was a different time you know it's where why are we even talking about that that was like that was 40 years ago it's not even like we have to talk about that right now and it's like I feel like we still need to talk about it. I think there's still people who are still apologetic for stuff that, even worse stuff that happened even farther back, and they're just like, it was a different, like, it was a, it was a crime, man! <laughs> a literal crime! <laughs> it's like when you walk into, like, that one white guy's house, and you find the sheet, the bed sheet outfit hung up, it's like, it was a different time! Shut up! It wasn't a different time. It was just yesterday. It was yesterday. That was, yesterday was different than it is time than it is today. Calendar keeps on moving. <laughs> that is the excuse they would use. <laughs> Trust me, I was different from but, when uh, I was in that time. It's like it was yesterday, man. Like you, little, this conversation started because you just said a racial slur. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, there's some real ick back then, and it's not just talking about the character. Oh, there was some, there was some ick. There was some ick. <laughs> also, the fact that just like Chris, Chris is a genius. Chris is smart. Chris knows the laws, and st- and knows that you know, 
who Mitch is. And I get that Chris wants to help Mitch, wants him to use, like, he never, he doesn't want him to burn out and he wants him to have fun with his life. I totally get that. Then inviting a 15-year-old to an alcohol party with a bunch of edition students was another, like, where did you go from here, Chris? What happened? He does have a good rallying speech to all the nerds, though. And it seems to work, actually. They go to that party, and, like, yeah, our main focus is on our main character and all that stuff. Or, yeah, our two main characters. Actually, mostly, it's mostly focused on Midge, because, like, yeah, no, Val Kilmer doesn't have any time getting uh, getting a girl interested. But, like, yeah, you look, and every, uh, in the background, you can see some of these nerds are hitting it off with the beauticians, man. Yeah, because we're at that point where it's, like, it's all about, it's about personality. It's about being yourself. If you can walk up and just confidently be you... It's not going to work every time. You're going to run into people that aren't like you, and they're not going to like vibe with you, and that's totally fine. As long as you're confident in who you are and you're a genuinely decent person, you're going to find that people, those people that are going to like you for who you are. You had me until you said genuinely decent person, and I was like, damn it. I have to try another tactic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Deception. People who happen to uh, genuinely enjoy your company happen to just be around you sometimes i don't know what you're talking about uh yeah it's not like this podcast like this podcast is straight from the ether it's not like yeah, i enjoyed our company let us know whether or not the chemistry in the podcast works person in the future <laughs> <laughs> the one man still alive at the end of the world <laughs> also just want to check in how are you you okay you hold it in there is it nice because it's, it's all quiet sexist to assume that's going to be a man damn you're right how are you as a person you think that you're okay, person of nondescript gender? You all right? Is it quiet over there? I'm happy for you. Happy for your quiet. Um, I think also the reason why we've gone off into other topics, though some of them were related, um, is we covered the ending of the movie and we hit all the major characters. Um, other than that, the movie just kind of goes. There's pranks. There's like a couple of quips. Uh, Val Kilmer mostly has the quips. It's an eighties comedy. It's it's a comedy film, and like once you've once you've talked about the basics of it, like all you're gonna do at the end of it is just repeat the jokes. Yeah, I mean we have our villain set up through Jerry and the U.S. military, Uh, (laughs) allegedly. Oh, remember, it's not the. It's like a secret part of the U.S. military that doesn't want to like. Other people to know That's about the US them. Military taking extra steps. <laughs> yeah, you think they're gonna come back and be like, "Hey, we're <laughs> working on this laser beam," and they're gonna be like, "Oh, that's unethical." Uh, yeah, we're gonna shut down that. No, they're gonna be like, "Oh, fucking lasers! Hell yeah! This is some Star Wars shit." <laughs> and then they're gonna melt someone from the other side of the globe. And they're just gonna melt someone. See what happens is actually they don't show you the ending where like the the kids at the end they go up to the military afterwards and then they're just like hey so we can make this later laser even better we're gonna cut out that douchebag professor and you're gonna be paying us now and then it turns there out they're go. just military as evil as the United States for military all. <laughs> arrests for some still <laughs> and still tiny American flags for that guy's campaign for the congressman okay so I just looked up the professor. Uh, what's his name? William Atherton is the actor that plays the professor in this movie. And you mentioned that he was in Ghostbusters. So I just looked up his character. And, like, I don't really recognize him. It's been a while since I've seen Ghostbusters. And, like, he just seems like a character that 
Oh, he's the guy the from the EPA. To, he's the guy trying to shut them down because they're wasting too much power and like, do ghosts even exist? Even though they have physical ghosts that people see in the world, but apparently no, it's what ghosts don't even aren't even real. Um, it's just like he's such a small part of the movie, yeah, right? He is. But th- and now he's his character's coming back for the untitled Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. I didn't even see Afterlife. I didn't even know it came out, and then it came out, and I was like, was it any good? And I don't know anyone who saw it. So are we out of ideas? Are we just done? And then Tucker hits the uh, music outro. <laughs> um, have been for a while. I mean, as soon as Wait, they make okay. uh, Real Geniuses remake, uh, yeah, we're pretty much there. But yeah, we're pretty much there. Oh, well, I should still be able to hear you guys, so I don't know what happened. What? You can't hear us? Hello? Tucker, cue the, cue the music. Hey, excuse the technical difficulties. Hey, excuse the technical difficulties. That's right. That's how I... I actually recognize this dude, uh, William Atherton, from just an episode from Workaholics. It's the only thing I really recognize him from. I mean, I've seen him in a couple stuff here and there from the 80s. But yeah, the reason why he mostly stuck out to me in Ghostbusters was because uh, one of the... one of the char- Like, he's good raising all this hell against the Ghostbusters, and then I think someone ca- calls him Dickless. And then uh, they turn the, the, the congressman or senator that turns to Bill Murray, and he's like, is what he's saying true? And he says... Yes, Your Honor. This man has no dick, and that just stuck in my head. So I just say he's the dickless guy from uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Though I think at the beginning I fucked up and said pencil dick, but yeah, dickless. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm I'm very happy for you. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. That's not true, but that's fine. We can move on. We don't have to dwell on this. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> love those long pauses. It's one of those things where, like, I and I don't mean for there to be a long pause. Like, this film speaks for itself. When it comes to comedies, when it comes to uh, specifically like these types of comedies, where it's not like a movie like "Thank you for Thank you for watching" or "Thank you for calling," um, but like it it presents itself as what it is. Like, this was a movie you were supposed to go to and just have a good time. Like, it's not going to change your life. You're not going to talk about like the socioeconomic positions of certain nations or how the oppressed like will rise up against blah blah blah. Like this is what it is. It's a comedy film. You're not going to talk fun about the it. ethics of dating a minor. Not going to talk about the ethics of dating and having like a sexual relationship with a minor. <laughs> That's not what we're here for. We're here for a comedy and a good time. Damn it! In popcorn. In popcorn. They do set that up. Jerry does say at the beginning he can't stand the smell of popcorn. Oh, Jerry has yeah. one of those lines that just like makes you hate him so easily when he shows up to his house being renovated and like everyone oh. stops working. He's just like, "Watch your laborers, right? Do your labor." <laughs> You're just like, yeah. "Damn, dude!" I oh, every, everything about him, man. It's like he tells him he can't stand the popcorn, and then he tells him to kick off his shoes when he gets into the pl- fucking place. Tells him where to sit. He's so fucking micromanaging, it's annoying. In fact, I think he like, throws a little shit fit when he's trying to like be presented or when he's presenting on camera. Yeah. That was another joke I think was supposed to land and maybe it was funny in the 80s. I definitely, as a kid, you have no context. So I'm just like, hee hee, little giggle, whatever. When like he, he was doing a show 
He was yeah, presenting he was... on a show, and then when he breaks up the whole party with the beauticians and all that stuff, some kid points out one of his students like, "Are you wearing makeup?" And I guess as a kid you're supposed to be like, "He he, guy wearing makeup." But as an adult, I'm like, "He was on camera. Of course he was wearing makeup." I thought and... what that that scene that hit for me the best was just like the fact that. They went through the whole thing of making, like, a public access show for him and everything. Mm. And then he has that really dramatic, like, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to explore and finally understand what is the human colon? And then just, like, pulls together his, like, human torso display with, like, the colon display. Like, everyone's just like, wow, it's going to be a shit episode. hey I wonder how many takes it took for you to be able to successfully pull that off with a straight face. Sir, he's a professional. It was a one and done. <laughs> I mean, I can uh, dry line read pretty well with the best of them, but I don't know how well I would be able to hold together. See, just, that's it. Just priding around the, the, the word colon all around so much. See, that's an interesting thing about uh, filmmaking today, because like, if you go back in time to like, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, like, the idea of multiple takes did not exist. Like, film was a finite thing, so you had to be on top of your game. It wasn't until really, like, I'd say around the 70s when multiple takes started to become more and more of a normal thing. That's why uh, Walter Maddow hated uh, Barbara Streisand, because Barbara Streisand would ask for multiple takes, and he was like, what the, like, you cannot be wasting my time like this. Because he was from a different generation. Um, well, and even then, when they were splicing film, you know, reels together, you still, it cost money, and it cost, you know, film. Mm-hmm. To- so, it's it's always interesting when people bring up the concept of, like, one take and it's done, and, like, how it's such an incredible thing, when it's just, like, it shows the differences in today's filmmaking. It shows the differences in, like, trying to make a movie what are uh, our analytics i was like do we need to explain this to the zoomers but i'm like or do we only get like old demographics i'm sorry <laughs> I, I i like movies and i, I, no, I saw I just, an opportunity i wanted to talk about it no it just in my head i was like do we need to explain film to zoomers who are just like what just push stop and push record again and then go to your <laughs> software and edit i'm like that's hmm <laughs> wait a second like, we need That's... to have a talk, kids. Here's a lesson <laughs> on both filmmaking and economy and all this other whatnot. You need to know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't ask us. I don't have time for this. But I just thought that was interesting. You know? Yeah, no, it is. I feel bad. I feel like I got to go for when I didn't even have to talk about no, that. No, I thought it was interesting. I was trying to go in there with the shitty thing about, you know, with me asking, like, do kids even understand what he's saying right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was approaching from. I wasn't trying to be like, "All right, come on, do do we really need to hear this?" I was like, "Do I do? I don't know if they understand what he's saying." They'll look at like you know the save icon and be like, "What's that? Why does it have a weird square on it?" <laughs> like, that's that's a, that's a floppy disk. That's a floppy disk. <laughs> they'd, probably, they'd probably be complaining, writing their papers. It's like, why is this paperclip yelling at me? Get it away! Yes, I don't even think those kids will even know what that is. Yeah, now you just you just you just talk to Siri and you ask her to write a report for you. <laughs> there are still people that 
that make film like the kind of the old like Clint Eastwood is still notorious for being a one take director. Yeah, which I'm not gonna lie, that does kind of show in his films. Uh, there are moments where it's just like I feel like we could have gotten a better version of that scene. <laughs> we just ran it a couple well. times, and but like he's not he's not used to that. He doesn't like that. It's just like. Oh, one of my favorite Matt Damon stories when That's he was in Invictus. Like, yeah. Matt Damon has a notorious story. When it was just like, do you want to waste everybody's time here? He's like, no, sir, let's go, next scene. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say that idea of like they just don't make movies like they used to. But it's just like, it's so different, you know? It's just, just so, it's interesting to see the progression of film. Like a movie like Genius, not only because of its subject matter, probably wouldn't be made today, but even how it's made. It's in and of itself, like its camera style, it's uh, it the way it uses its cinematography, even it's just uh, use of like the soundtrack. Like movies like this just mm. aren't really made like that anymore. Comedies yeah, like this don't really exist. Here's where like the old like man yelling at clouds comes out for me, where I'm like, you know what I like about older movies is the camera shots linger a bit longer. They just <laughs> you're not getting like eight cuts in like a fucking like 12 second conversation oh man i miss those i miss those uncomfortably long camera shots where i'm looking at this one dude face where it's like he was having a little monologue and the monologue stops and then i'm still looking at him for like 10 straight seconds you can just look at you have time to look at people in the background you can notice things and now i'm just like wait hold on was that ah fuck we already moved on (laughs) they just don't make them like they used to you know and that's why uh, sooner or later we're just going to do a, a retrospective. We're going to watch all films from the 40s, all black and white. I'm just kidding. Oof. I will say this also. If you like 80s music, the soundtrack for this for this movie slaps. It does. The soundtrack does slap. I actually, like, let's be real, though. How many movies from the 80s used the song Everybody Wants to Rule the World? I, uh, you know, it's funny. It probably was quite a few of them, but I honestly feel like I hear it more now. That, you know what? You're making a lot of sense. You are. I laughed super hard when I... Th- I want to say I think it was one of the Assassin's Creed games. I had to bring a video no. game. No. <laughs> used, no, it did used, not. You have used you're a lying Lord to me. Cover. Lord covered. Lord herself. <laughs> the Lord herself. The uh, Covered. Oh. Everybody wants to rule the world. And it's one of those dark, slow kind of like, oh. you know, like haunting versions and i fucking lost it it was so fucking funny that's I think it was so Assassin's good Creed. i love when you do like a, a cover of like a song from that time though i'm not gonna so, lie like, i was really hoping it wasn't a cover and you were about to tell me that like in assassin's creed uh, black flag <laughs> you're just on a pirate ship <laughs> listening <laughs> to everybody <laughs> as he's right there just stabbing people with his little like palmed blade He's fighting just like, <laughs> you will and me, just like jamming to himself. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, it's right when they say everybody wants to rule the world, he jumps at the screen, flash, and then you got the cover art. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Cut. Send send the film off. I don't know. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> print it. There you go. Seal it. Done in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Man, are, is there anything else you want to bring up about this movie? I think we covered a lot of it real fast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just, 
just an old movie that uh, I used to watch um, and really enjoyed. It honestly, it made me realize how much I like Val Kilmer, and like I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed watching a comedy that didn't really have a point. That just was a fun story. Like we didn't have to psychoanalyze anything. This was just a good time, except for the you know minor issues of it was a different time. Yes, the oofs. <laughs> so Kaz, that's me. Did you like it? Wait, no, I'm Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, uh, I remember. I remember being funnier than it was and you know it's still kind of you know there's some fun humor in there but like nothing nothing now that i didn't get as an uh, as a child well maybe one or two things that i didn't get as a child but like yeah you know when you watch something from a low, your childhood and you watch it again as an adult, you're like oh there's so much i missed nope it's all there it's all on the surface so um yeah it's fun it's a goofy little movie of its time both in uh, uh the oof of it all as well as you know just some of the some of the wacky shenanigans that happens it's just like yeah you just the leaps in logic where now you'll just get pedantic nerds be like um actually that wouldn't happen they didn't care back then it's it was just like you know what we just say we just say it sounds scientific enough and you're like fuck it it's just go along it's funny <laughs> so yeah it was fine yeah, i liked it well enough uh dan yes. birthday boy yes uh, so did you like it? Uh, as the one who picked this movie? Uh, yeah, I actually really like it. Um, I kind of identified a little bit as the character Mitch when I was younger because I was the wide-eyed, goofy-ass, like, I was probably smarter than most of the kids, or at least most of the boys, at least. Um... And I identified with him quite a bit. Uh, now, I gotta admit, uh, there are some it, weird factors into it, but uh, it's still a really good movie. It's still a fun watch. And uh, yeah, I would, I would sort of recommend it with a few caveats. Squaring. Yes. So did you like it? Yeah, I did. I did really enjoy this movie. I thought it was funny. It got some laughs out of me. And, like, again, yeah, we would talk about, like, the problematic, like, moments in the film. But other than that, like, it was just, it was, on Wednesday night, it was friends coming together, watching a movie, and having a great time. It's a movie that does everything it promises to do. And a lot of times you don't really get that anymore. So it was nice to, like, just re-experience that. So if you've never seen Real Genius, I would 100% recommend. Val Kilmer is hot. Watch it. <laughs> Harry's a pain in the ass to work with. That's what I hear, then. too. But, like, there's a lot of things about being labeled a difficult-to-work-with actor. I don't know how much is true and how much is not. Like, a good example is um, Julia Roberts on Hook. They called her Tinker Hell. Because apparently she was really hard to deal with. But Dante Bosco, who was the child actor at the time, who Rufio, said he has no idea where those stories came from. Because every time he talked to her, like, she was very nice and always tried to help him out. And that, like, yeah, sometimes you just have bad days. 
you know, like sometimes you just react poorly to what's going on. So was Val Kilmer actually like a difficult person to work with or was he just, you know, did he just have bad days? I think also as a kid, he might have just seen like a different side of her, you know, on, rather than a professional level. She just been like, oh, well, I'm not going to be mean to, you know, a kid. So she's just nice to the kid. But like, you know, working with her still could have been difficult. But yeah, I don't know. That's right. Like, I'm ending it on an anti-Julia Roberts front. <laughs> fight me, fight you. allegedly. Because, like, look, <laughs> the people that he had a reputation of being hard to work with was like Marlon Brando, and it's like you're talking about Marlon mm. Brando here. Mm. Yeah, no, a lot, a lot of leg to stand on that one. A lot of leg to stand on. He was, I heard he was really hard to deal with for like the Doors movie, and then the whole Island of Doctor Monroe situation, which is like that was that was a nightmare of a situation to begin with so who knows what i hear like who we would just have to see i'm uh i'm just glad he got to be in top gun maverick while dealing with what he's going through so all right kaz what do you got going on in your life man you can explain all that because you know more of the shit we do than i do haha yeah it's jake dan well uh we're variety streamers you can usually catch these podcasts live on Friday when we remember. Um, we've also play. I'm I'm in the middle of uh, Death Stranding. Uh, I uh, we're gonna wrap up God of War Ragnarok soon, and uh, yeah, I will be doing a special stream where I will be taking on Sans McUndertale in a one-on-one fight. Is that his name? When Sans is that? Yes, yeah, Sans McUndertale. That'll be uh, next Sunday on the 27th, I believe. Good time! Uh, 6 o'clock! Uh, no, wait, no, that one's going to be early. I think I was going to be at 2 o'clock, so I have enough time to get to them. 2 o'clock, Central U.S. time. Yes. And Squarin, what's going on with you? Um... I've got this podcast, and it's pretty great, so if you like what you've heard and you want to listen to other episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, you know, wherever you can find podcasts. Um, if you just want to keep up to date with episodes or other projects I have going on at the time, you can follow me on Twitter, at SirSquarin, S-Q-U-A-R-I-N, and uh, I'll keep you updated, but for now... Yeah, if you've liked what you heard, please feel free to share. I was hoping when Nan kicked it on over, you were like, I don't know, I made a baller quiche the other day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just smoked like three uh, pork bellies with like an Asian fusion marinade. So like, I feel like I've done enough. Fair enough. That sounds actually really good. <laughs> it was very delicious. Thank you very much. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, this podcast comes out edited uh, because of our good friend Tucker um they put in a lot of work for us um just to be a part of a creative project where we all just work together so shout out to him you can follow him on twitter at tucker wins or on twitch when he's able to stream at twitch.tv forward slash tucker underscore wins where he'll play some video games some chess you know talk talk vibe listen to music and uh if you want to check out his music you can look him up on spotify under the name tucker win stanley do you know what also I have? Also makes a baller quiche. Also I makes a baller quiche. <laughs> He's all about quiches. And also couscous. And it's only because he thinks it's Ooh. funny to say. I mean, it is funny to say. He's right. <laughs> so do you know what's on the docket for next week? Is this a trick question? Yeah. Or... Oh. 
No. <laughs> Flash Gordon. It is. Oh. Yeah. So we'll see if we're watching that next week or not, but tune in next time to see it. And Jesus said, stop playing with yourself. <laughs> now Tucker just plays us off on the uh, the Lord's version of Everybody Wants to Roar. <laughs> you have your assignment, Tucker. We'll find you acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on Mother Nature. Everybody wants to live.